You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team this is the high hopes podcast it's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the phillies on radio.com and sports radio 94 wip is another edition of the high hopes podcast jack fritz let me tell you buddy i don't know about you But in the sad world that we live in, it feels like a series split in Miami is as good as a series win, buddy. That's right. That's right. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Should have taken three or four. Should have taken three or four. But we'll settle for a a split. That's just as good. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a win. Again, even with the win today, they are now 10 and 18 in their last 28 Miami. So, you know. Two of four is is better than average, Jack. That's a uh, a pretty damn fine job. And let's be real, honestly, just just to win a baseball game with the lineup they rolled out there today is always a feat against any well. team. Because man, we're hurting right now. We need some guys back, obviously, but the the offense has not been there. But found a way to win a couple games. Found a way to blow a game. Yeah, I mean they did uh they did typical Phillies things in that sense, you know? They 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 <laughs> didn't score many runs. They found a way to to make a game miserable. Um their ace was their their so-called ace was just okay. And uh yeah, it was it was about as Phillies a series could be. Bad defense, another bad defensive performance which is I mean, Justin's. I mean, bad, did, did you yeah, see? Did bad. you see the Stark stat about how they're minus twenty nine? Oh, oh, don't think I was gonna get there. They are minus twenty nine. Here's the. the well, I was heading into today. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, honestly, like in terms of of you know, and and we have gotten to a point, and I love it. We're baseball nerds. I'm sure most people listening love it. Like the the stats that come out, like with every amazing Jacob deGrom start. There's like 50 stats, you know, like all that kind of stuff. And it's awesome. And I love it. But like, no joke. When I saw this Jason Stark stat that heading into today, prior to today's game, the Phillies were worst in baseball with minus 29 defensive runs saved. And the next worst team in the national league is the Chicago Cubs with minus one. And then the best is plus 32. 
I it was as stunning what I with all the stats we see, Jack. That was about as stunning as jaw dropping a stat as I have seen in a while. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and it's crazy because I swear, James, I thought the 2018 Phillies defense was the worst I'd ever seen. Reese Hoskins in left field. The Reese Hoskins in left field season. People forget Scott I mean, King. Right, Scott King playing short. Yeah. I mean, we talk about how absolutely abysmal Reese is as a first baseman. I mean, as anything, but like he played left field for a season. <laughs> it's it's mind blowing. He Jack. played. Did hold he play? on. <laughs> Am I am I misremembering? But did he play left field because they wanted to keep Tommy Joseph? Yeah. No, no, it's Carlos. No, it's Tommy. Jo- no, Tommy Joseph was the reason he didn't get called up earlier, and Carlos Santana being signed That's was. That's what it was. Yeah. Santana. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, yeah. you are correct. There, there was definitely a Joseph. It was. The, oh man, jeez. Um, it's. I mean, really, a truly stunning stat. And one of those stats where sometimes you'll see these stats. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. This is one where it's like, yeah. I totally believe that. Thought it, thought it was worse, to be honest. Yeah, it's like only minus 29. You sure about that? I mean, really? Jack, I mean, the, and, and I know I said this last time, but it's 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 the routine stuff. It's the the Brad Miller not being able to complete a double play throw and then just missing a baseball that he has to catch. And and honestly, like that stuff is frustrating that Gene Segura not looking a ball in all that stuff. But then even worse is guys like Andrew McCutcheon who have been in this league for over a decade, is a former MVP, and the ball's hit too many, doesn't know what to do with it? Like, Jack, I mean, I'm not over-exaggerating when I say that this is like the, the, the child stuff. Like, the very first thing my dad ever taught me when I started playing baseball was, as a fielder, know what you're going to do in any situation. If the ball comes your way, whatever your situation is, whoever's on base, however many has, whatever, know what you're doing with the ball. Know what the right play is. Know who you're looking at. Know what you're trying to figure out. And like Andrew McCutcheon's not doing this stuff, Jack. Like that's the stuff that drives me crazy. Yeah, I and I looked at that play, and, I, and believe me, I agree. I, I, I he him not knowing where to throw. I couldn't tell if it was because I couldn't tell if it was because there was no cutoff man. Like there was no one out there to cut the ball off, and he didn't know should I throw it in. Like you always want to get the ball into the infield. Like that's the cardinal yeah. rule. You want to get it in. You throw it, to, you throw it to second base in that spot. Everyone does. It, it, like that guy's not scoring. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think he's not scoring and he clearly was going to get to third base. Like, I don't know if he thought he might have a play at third base and that's why he hesitated. And then it like, per, like precipitated this like kind of brain fart. But Man, like that's easy stuff, Jack. Was it? Was it? And was it Monday night or Tuesday night when uh, the balls at the left field and and he barely like he barely got anything on a throw home to to get a uh, guy to dude, try to get a guy Tom, to play? No, no joke, Jack. No joke. I can't say it's the single worst. It is among the shortest sacrifice flies I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Like it's in the the discussion. Like you you Jack Fritz pitcher guy could have gunned him down. Oh, well, well listen, you don't put you don't put a hose like I, this in I, left field. Yeah. I could have gunned him down. I well, mean, that was that was I mean, come on. Hyperbole a little bit, but I mean, that track, I mean, that was like a shallow shallow left field, not even right field, like shallow left field. It's like any and it was like not even close really. Like he clearly beat it. I know. I know. What well, and you know, this week sucked because I end the show. We we had to do leading off, which we had to go extra. So I didn't get home till at least like the, the second or third inning on most nights. So you know, I miss I miss some of the hot starts by this baseball team, but yeah, we made up sure. for it. Yeah, sure. All right, well, let's get into it. Let's dive into it. and then uh, so the funny thing is, like, there's even more like 
post game, Girardi, Archie Bradley, like all these people won't shut up and are saying all kinds of stuff. So we got to get into all that. Let's quickly, let's get to the series and then we'll get to all the other stuff. Um, let's start with, uh, so from a pitching perspective, I mean, Eflin, I think got failed by his defense. You know, he was fine. He wasn't great, but he was fine. Um, we'll get to Vinny in a sec. Uh-oh. Let's start with no, we'll get to Vinny in a sec. We'll get to Vinny in a sec. First, let's start with Nola just cause, um, I thought it was a nice Nola outing, but you mm-hmm. want more innings from him. But I'm, I feel like there's this sentiment out there that, that like, and look, we both said Zach Wheeler is, is right now the best pitcher starter on the team, best player on the team. But but Aaron Nola is, is a lot better than what we've seen so far, and I have zero concerns that he's going to be fine. It feels like there's real angst out there about Aaron Nola. Yeah, and there should be because I totally oh, disagree. Oh, I totally, wow. Yeah, I totally disagree with you. I thought he was terrible last night. Like, I really do. I thought he was fine. Like, he wasn't good. You want more innings, but he wasn't, like, horrible. He was obviously, right. obviously, he wasn't horrible. But, like, dude. That Marlins lineup was embarrassing. Like, it was. It was. You're right. For as, You're right. That's fair. For as bad as I thought the Phillies lineup was, like the Marlins lineup was terrible. He That's walked. Always going to be worse. He They're walked. Less talented. He walked three guys, which was which is annoying in and of itself. Like he didn't have good fastball command again. The changeup was eh, whatever. Curveballs and eh. like like dude. I know you struggle on the road. But you have to be better than six innings of just okay. And he's and here's my problem with Nola recently is ever since the Cardinals start with the complete game, it's just been okay. I mean, it's been it's been, no, it's it's been it hasn't been what you want. Right, it's been fine. Like Aaron Nola's a good pitcher. Aaron Nola is a, is a very good pitcher. But like last night was just another example of him not being good enough. Like that was a frustrating start for me because it was. It was a lot of balls. It was a lot of a lot of uh, uh, three walks is a lot for an Aaron Nola start. Again, he's just he can't lock in on the road, and he can't be as good as he is on, at home on the road. And in 2018, he was. That's what made Aaron Nola third in the Cy Young, and that's what made him uh, ascend to ace level status. But he's been bad on the road since then. I mean, his ERA is over five on the road. Again, I mean, last year was like 4.6, and in 2019 it was in the fives. So this is three straight years of him being down the road, and and to 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 not go at least seven or eight against that. Yeah, like, that, that was my issue. That Marlins lineup was dreadful last night, and it's it's like they're they're pitching around like Sierra and like these guys who I know can't hit, and I it was I was I left last night frustrated with Aaron. Um, he was fine again. Like I'm not saying he's a terrible pitcher, any of that stuff. I'm just saying. He was fine, and he's just been fine since the complete game against the Cardinals. And no, I need right. more. Yeah, I, I'm saying more. I'm not concerned. I feel like he'll be okay. Is my point. I feel like we've seen this from Nola, where he'll start a season a little rocky. He's not what we want, and then he, you know, will roll off ten straight awesome starts. Like that's what I'm expecting. But I do think you make fair points, and I'll, I will say, and this is something we've talked about a number of times there, Nola, and it's a consistent theme is that. You know, that's a spot where you need Aaron Nola. Like, you're rolling out, as you mentioned, a lineup that is close to as bad as that horrendous, embarrassing Marlins lineup that's rolled out there. Like, you need you need your dude to show up. And to be fair, like, if it's not for that Odubo Herrera catch, he leaves with a tie game. You know, so, uh, you know, it's fair. Look, I wasn't—my—I was talking more Nola moving forward. I agree. I think that start in that spot against that team was fine but underwhelming. I just am not as concerned moving forward. I think Nola is going to get locked in. Like if and look, he still has to win games in September when it matters. That's the thing where I need to see that from Nola. But are you really concerned that that come you know 
July, August, you know, late June, like you start to get rolling here, that he's not going to find his groove? Because that that is the question, I think, that people are wondering. No, I I agree with you. Like, Noah, Noah will be fine. Like, it's not – the Noah thing is kind of – it's a little frustrating because, you know, if you, if you criticize how he pitched yesterday, you think he's bad or whatever. Like, I think he's a good pitcher, and I think he's going to eventually get on a little bit of a roll here and we'll start seeing, seeing the Aaron Nola. I'm just talking about, like, like the start last night – you know, it bo- it bothered me a lot. So, yeah, I think Noah's going to figure it out. He always figures it out, um, and he always gets to where we need him to get to. But, you know, the next the next step's obviously going to be September. So, um, you know, honestly, this is kind of how baseball works. Right now, Wheeler's the ace. We don't – I mean, in a month, Noah could be right back up there with him, or Wheeler could fall off a little bit. It's a it's a roller coaster for season. You don't you don't have the 2011 rotation uh, for most uh, most years. So um, no, and they do have a good three. Like yeah. again, with all the angst and the the complaints, like you know, especially that Wheeler's pitching, like those three are good. And I mean, like, are we not going to include Vinny in the ace conversation? You're just going to throw Nolan Wheel out there and not even throw Vinny's name in the discussion? Is that let's get to it? Like, all right, you're already, I mean, so Jack Fritz, the Jack Fritz, who you've heard many times talk about Vincent Velasquez, actually tweeting out before the game, I'm excited to watch Vinny pitch, and guess what? He paid it off, got into trouble in the third load. The bases gets out of it. That was a little scary because he's walking guys there. You're a little like, "Uh uh-oh, that's Vinny we know. And then then he figures out, and he's fine. And he gets through six innings, six shutout again, only six base runners, three hits, three walks, like – Man, I have said last week, and I'm going to stick to it right now, that I'm not, like, I'm not in. I can't let myself go there after the history we have, but it definitely looks different. The way he's working is different. Like, how how real is this, Jack? Well, it's real as long as he's, as long as he's uh, trusting Andrew Knapp or whoever's catching, um, because it's funny you're talking about the third inning, and and Franzen mentioned this on the uh, on the broadcast. Like, so when the the last couple of of Vinny starts, he has not been shaking up the catcher. Whatever they put down, he's gonna roll with it, and he's it's kind of you know for a pitcher. And I was like this, and I know I'm I'm not comparing myself to major league pitchers, but for me, I always like I always like the pitching coach and the catcher to make the calls and and just let me focus on making that pitch. Um, you know, some pitchers like to call their own games where they're like, no, I feel this here. I'm going to go here because ultimately it comes down like pitching comes down to conviction. And if you don't believe you're going to throw a strike or you don't believe that you're going to be able to, to, to blow this pitch by the batter, like it's not going to happen. Like it, baseball is mostly mental when it comes down to it. So what Vinny was doing in the last couple of starts was whatever the catcher's putting down, he's saying, yes, go, bang. And and he's attacking hitters, and he's being aggressive, and he's finally – we're finally seeing a guy that's pitching, and, man, is it beautiful to watch. Um, so what was interesting was he shook off Nappy, I think, six times in the first three innings and definitely in that third inning, and then after that didn't shake him off once. So – Cruz. Right, and he, and he just he just got back in cruise control. In that third inning, he kind of you know got astray, and it was a cute little pop up from Jesus Aguilar. Was it 107 miles an hour off the bat, right at uh, right at Brad Miller and left or McCutcheon and left? So um, it was a nice little pop up by Jesus Aguilar. But um, yeah, it's 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 listen, I, we all, I think we all as Phillies fans are all in the same predicament of do I buy in? Do I not buy in? And honestly, I think it's fine not to like. To be totally in. I totally get it. But we can also appreciate 
that he's doing things that he has not done in the past. He's actually pitching. His changeup is flashing. His curveball actually has some dip to it. He's trusting the plan. He's kind of like he's being funny, which is weird. Like I didn't think that Vince Velasquez was funny, but he's shushing the crowd and he's laughing in the dugout and he's well, and he's like throwing s bombs around oh, his post game interviews, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like if Vinny, if if you just took the name off of Vince Velasquez's back, like you put whatever's last name, and he was doing what Vinny's doing right now, we would be building a statue for him. So, <laughs> so it's it's really encouraging. Obviously, we know he can he can go back to being Vinny. If, if he wants to be good, he would just continue to trust this plan. And we said it at the time, and we'll say it again, James. Caleb freaking Cotham yeah, is a wizard, man. That yeah, guy buddy. that guy is awesome. For his, like The only reason the Phillies are even good this year or decently okay is, is their pitching. Is their, is their pitching and the work that Caleb— Flat out. Yeah, I mean, Flat out. not even close. So— um, the stinks, and the can't get runners, can't score runners on base, and the defense is the worst we've ever seen. Like you're damn right, Jack. Yes, like who'd have thunk it? Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, I'm just like I was excited to watch him because I, I like, I just I'm pulling for the guy. Like I, I he's been frustrating, and and he, he's he's annoyed me to no end, but like I liked seeing a guy figure it out, and and. You know, finally, that talent, we're starting to really see it. And it's encouraging. Six six scoreless against a team that owns the Phillies is is encouraging. And um, on yeah, the road. yeah, on the road. So it's it's big stuff. Him shushing the, the guy who said he's a high school pitcher, basically. It was hilarious. And um, yeah, he's just he's 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 mixing in all his pitches for strikes. And that's going to be the thing that is um, that is going to let him continue being successful. Yeah, I think you put it really well in the sense that, look, I don't think any Phillies fan who's like who's listening right now, like the diseased ones, like us, you know, the ones who've been in every single game, every single season through the bad times, through even like the recent, like better than before, but still bad and frustrating times and un, not living up to expectations and all that. Like the last five years, if you've been us locked in with Vinny, you know, um, it's really hard to trust it. You know, we've just seen that guy take the hill too many times and and had the results we've had to say, to viscerally feel it, right? When he goes to the hill, like we just feel this thing. We're like, oh, it's Vinny Velasquez. And they all like, we know, we know what's going to happen. You can look up for three innings. We know what's going to happen. Like, but to your point, like, A, we can enjoy it without saying, Vinny's the guy, this and that, and like going overboard. We can enjoy it. And also like, it does look different. Like, if you're looking for something to grab onto, like, the way he's working, the, the trusting the catcher, the speed with which he's working comparative to what he used to do, like, all this stuff is – and he's still slow. Don't get me wrong. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, there, there are reasons for optimism. And, and I mean, can you imagine if he – and, look, he's not going to be six shut out every time, but if he's a viable starter for this team, like, what a massive difference this team – it'll make for this team. Like, I mean, they're – Somehow, one game under 500 with the worst defense in baseball and the worst Phillies defense we've ever seen, and with an offense that has been obviously really bereft of talent with their two, their two best hitters and three of their best five hitters down for significant periods of time on the ILM prior in and out and all that stuff and and lack of roster depth to fill in. Like they're still a game under 500, Jack. Like, and if Vinny can be a a, a guy for you and you get guys back and you start to score some runs. Like 
look, we've been really negative on this team for good reason, especially because they're out of how frustrating they are to watch. But like, there are reasons for optimism. Like, Alec Bohm won't be this bad. He won't be this whole season. Like, he won't be. Nola will be better. Like, the defense, if they can not, if hmm. look, they're never going to be more talented. But if they can eliminate the 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 routine, the bonehead, the the plays that anyone in the world can make type stuff, like. There are reasons to look at this team right now and say, like, oh, that's positive. And here's another one. Let me get to this with you, Jack, because that's the other kind of pitching thing we haven't talked about. Spencer Howard goes for today, obviously just lost in the fifth. And and it clearly it's uh, I don't remember a pitcher in recent memory who when he just loses it, it's so precipitous and quick from looking completely nasty to coming back the next inning and being completely done. But Ranger Suarez, like, is this a possible fifth starter combination type of thing where you get Howard for three, four, five and Suarez for two, three, whatever that could maybe work. Yeah. I just wonder if uh, Spencer had to run to first base and that's why he couldn't you know, <laughs> figure I mean, it out. Unbelievable, right. Yeah. And like, thank God it was, he doubled it from last time, but still it is wild how like quick, like in the fifth inning, it was like so clear. He didn't have it anymore. You could see he was like, it was almost try- like he had nothing left in his arm and he's trying to like muscle pitches in there. It was really precipitous yeah and it's it is quite frustrating but yeah i mean oh yeah you do hope that you hope that as he continues to throw and continues to get stretched out and like i'm i'm honestly i'm just trying to to stay optimistic with spencer like it's funny the the first couple innings i was like all right this is like a really good plan because what he did was was he came out and it was 93, 94, which is fine. Because if you're a starter and you're planning to go deep in games, uh, like Verlander used to do this all the time. Like Verlander would come out throwing 94 and then the eighth eighth inning, it'd be like 97 to 100. Like if you need to ramp up to get there, that's fine. Um, and I actually thought he was doing that decently well and he was still hitting 96 in the fourth. But like you, you just, you can't, buy like you can't buy into a guy if he's throwing like if he's if he's out of gas by the fifth inning. Like I get it's better than the third inning last time and, and hopefully this is, you know, growth because his stuff is stupid. Like you can just yeah. the, the stuff just jumps off the, the fastball. Yeah, those first few innings it's like, whoa. I know. Like, he really does flash, Jack. He does. He does. So you you hope that this is just him getting more innings under his belt and and by the midway point of the season, like he, he'll be fully ramped up and everything be ready to go. But listen, it, it, all I'm saying is this. if we're still in July and he's at 90 miles an hour in the fourth and fifth inning, like, yeah. uh, it's just, I, I'm out. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. I'm out. Um, but I do like the idea of piggybacking Spencer and Ranger. And Spencer, obviously, we, he has problems coming into to, uh, not clean innings, so he can't be a, a reliever. So, But Ranger seems to have no problems. I I have loved dude Ranger today. Like that was that was impressive. I was impressed with Ranger Suarez today. Yeah, and like it's funny because his stuff doesn't jump off the the page at you. No, no, Jack. No. But he it really doesn't. But what he does is he comes in, he throws strikes, and he's not afraid of anyone. And that's the key. And he's deceptive. I mean, not to us, but to the hitters. You could tell that like they don't pick up his stuff as well as you would think they would watching it on TV. The, and the key to him is 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 just he, he comes in he he knows like he he knows his stuff is not you know otherworldly but he'll he'll go right at you he'll attack you he won't walk guys and you need that I mean you need that coming out of the bullpen so it's an interesting strategy uh, it worked today I mean Spencer was good and then they kind of got bailed out there with 
Ranger in the fifth. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting. And, and Ranger Suarez is going to pitch some important innings for this team. Yeah. And again, look, so far so good. Uh, I, like you said, I've been very impressed with Rangers so far. And the Howard thing, look, so with you. For now, I'm going to say, like, look, this team has not handled them well, as we've talked about many times. I mean, the the Colorado appearance is, like, just such a flashing sign of, like, what the bleep are you doing with your literal top prospect in your organization and, like, your only pitching prospect who's not 18, 19 years old who you can get, like, really legitimately excited about. Like, why is he not precious in the way you're handling him in terms of turning him into a starting pitcher? But I'm with you. It's going to be interesting to see how he progresses. Cause look, he did make progress from the last one and you know, him just losing his stuff after four innings is still not ideal, but after 58 pitches, no less, like, you know, they were four easy innings um, is, is worrisome. It just is. But you hope that it's the back and forth. It's the way they handled him and that he's still working back up and all that. I'm going to hope that's where I'm going to put my hope right now, Jack. Um, all right, let's get some of the offensive stuff, and then we'll get to some of the off-the-field things. Uh, Reese Hoskins, man. Like, in terms of, of obviously, you know, he's we know he's hot and cold, and he's, you know, clearly in a, in a bit of a good streak right now. But in terms of, like, a guy you need in the moment, he's really been coming through for this team the last, like, couple weeks, really. Yeah, and especially without uh, JT and Bryce, obviously, which is yeah, even more. that's my point. Yeah. yeah, they really needed Reese right now. Really needed him. He's the one true bat you got in the lineup when he's on, and, and he's been on. Yeah, and I think like the most impressive thing to me is um, how much like a leader he's looking like out there. Um, yeah, that homer, the 2 nothing game, right? Like, that was... That was the most emotion we've seen from this team since, like, the first week of the season, it feels like. That, and even the home run today he was fired up about. Um, yeah, so so uh, it's 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 interesting where we're at with, with Reese because um, he's hitting the ball hard. I mean, he's batting 309 in May, um, if, I, if I remember that correctly, or maybe that was heading into to, to play today. So um, they're getting good Reese, and it, it's good to see. Uh, obviously, the defense is still shaky, but – I've just been more impressed with with the leader he's been with JT and Bryce out. I mean, you saw it uh, Tuesday night, I guess, when uh, they won and Hector Neris and all that. And, like, him and Hector are celebrating after the game. There was an er earlier play. I think it was Maton uh, made kind of a slick defensive play. And, and Reese was like, good job. Like, it was very – I just felt like Reese is, is turning into almost the leader of this team. And I, maybe when JT and Bryce comes back, it'll change because those are JT and Bryce and they have a different level of stature than Reese, but they need someone like, I, yeah. I, like, I don't know who the leader is of the Phillies. And we thought it was We've talked about this a lot, Jack with Bryce and JT healthy. Like this has been a concern. You've brought this up in, and you've brought up with relation to their road struggles. Like this has been a theme that we've talked about. Right. And I wonder if Reese is kind of taking that, uh, you know, is kind of taking that, so to speak. Yeah. Because, I do think Reese is a good leader. He, I mean, when he first came up, remember it was, it he was like, you know, he went the home run derby in like eighteen. Yeah. He, he's obsessed with like. Well, getting I remember the... you talking about this, Jack. The idea of Reese coming up through the system and how important it is to have leaders like that who come up with these guys and know these guys and and lead them throughout the system. Like that's something you've talked about throughout the years on this podcast. Right. So I, uh, yeah, I, I it. We'll see if it continues. Obviously, I mean that's how we're at with the Phillies. But my 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 main uh, my main Reese takeaway from the week from the week was like, 
looks like a leader, having big moments. I mean, coming through with big clutch hits. Obviously, they're early in games, but still, um, big hits when they need them. Uh, defense is still brutal, but um, I mean, but to me, did have a sweet tag on uh, Miguel Rojas today. So um, <laughs> maybe he's getting hot defensively. Don't let Reese get hot. Uh, but at least he's not the Pittsburgh Pirates first oh, baseman. Am I right? I mean, what a baseball play! What uh, a- it, it, honestly, like I. There's a lot of hyperbole out there these days in the running for craziest baseball play I've ever seen. Like legitimately it's up there. Hmm. Right. I mean, it's up there. Like the guy ran all the way back home. They throw to the tag. He runs back. He ends up on second base. Like it was a, an insane play for those who haven't seen it. The Cubs and the pirates check out. I'm sure most, uh, again, we're all diseased baseball and Philly fans. I'm sure most of you have seen it, but if you've not done the pleasure of watching, just, just, Google Javi Baez, Cubs, Pirates, error, play, whatever. It'll come up. Insane. Just an insane play. Yeah, I mean, like, I think about, uh, like, one of my favorite plays, the the Jeter flip um, to get Giambi. Well, no, I'm not yeah. thinking, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just that's relax. funny. Oh, I know. Relax. It took me a second. Come on. Man. I reacted. Come that was on. A, such a horrible job oh, by me. Jeez. Yeah. Have you ever hosted a podcast with me before? Craziest like, plays, I should have said. Not, you know. Anyway. Screw you, Jack. Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, sorry, you know buddy. who, you know who never called a Derek Jeter game. Ah, uh, there it is. There it is. Jim Nance there never called because he's not a baseball guy. It's yeah. such a shame. I know that in Derek Jeter's illustrious career, never got to hear Jim Nance call a Derek Jeter home run or clutch hit, clutch play. It's a shame. I just want to know when this is going to end. When are we going <laughs> to? When are we putting the Nance bit to bed? It's getting hard. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure that was actually unexpected. I had a planned one, but I figured I saw an opportunity. I'd take it. There it is. Keep it, you know, keep it natural. Yeah. Yeah. Good good work (laughs) by you. I know. Um, (laughs) All right. A couple other things. Um, Your boy, Ronnie wheels. Tereus keeps getting hits, keeps making plays like that was, you know, and, and, you know, they should have, probably turned it uh, if he didn't bobble a little bit at first like they probably turn it but and and also like you're an idiot yimmy garcia get the out at home like or or don't get the out at home get the out at first and look the guy back like so stu- it was like reminiscent it was better it wasn't as bad but reminiscent of those alvarado play in, in atlanta you know the kind of indecision that the going for the double play instead of making sure you get that all important most important player on the field out um but um Therese has been like I can't believe that we're counting on Ronald Torres, but here we are, Jack. Yeah, I mean, it might be time to build a team around him. He's a, I mean, you know, he's a good player. He's a good player. He's a baseball player. Um, yeah, he's a baseball player. Yeah, and yeah. like Ronald Torres is a is, is a guy that winning baseball teams have, <laughs> and it's a shame. It's a shame because like Maton's the same kind of guy. I don't know if Maton's a full time yeah. starter. We know Torres is not a full time starter, but like right. those are the guys that winning baseball teams have. Brad Miller is a guy that winning baseball teams totally. have. So it's when you're it's when you're relying on these guys <laughs> is when you're having a problem. But you are right. Like if that's your three bench guys, you're like, yeah, dude. Like let's go. Like these guys can play defense. They can hit, or at least a couple of them can play defense. They can hit. You know, you'd like a bopper off the bench, but like those are three like winning players. I agree with you, Jack. Yeah, except now they're like our best players. Yeah. So they're winning players when they're your 23, 24, and 25 guys. When they're your four, five, and six guys or six, seven, and eight guys or whatever you know we are these days, that that's a problem. Right. So uh yeah, he's 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 been good. And yeah, it was a weird play with Yimi because because like 
If he had just gone straight to second base, doesn't hesitate for a second, it's an easy double play. If he had just looked the guy back, gotten the out at first, played it smart, no one's killing him. He did the one thing, like looked him back and then still tried to get the double play. It was really weird. Yeah, it was funny. Cliff Cliff, Cliff Floyd, I think, on the on the broadcast said just throw home and have a double play. It's like, well, no, that's yeah. not how it works. Did he really say that? Yeah. Cliff said that. Yeah, he said he yeah. said he said he should have gone home and then had the force play there and then the first base. Play. And I was like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> um, but yeah, it yeah, listen, put the ball in place. Sometimes you know what, good they, things happen. They need Jim Nance on the YouTube broadcast so he can get it right. There it tell is. Cliff Floyd what an idiot he is in that yep. situation. That wasn't it either, by the way. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else I got for you before we get to the off the field stuff and then yeah. the take back? All right. Uh, Bryce IL, like more roster mismanagement, but at least yeah. they, they put him on the IL. We don't need to get in the whole thing again, but just another example of what we're talking about. Um, Raphael Marchand's out of a defensive player, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Like, le- like a legit defensive catcher. Yeah, he is. He is. And it's funny because, <laughs> listen, Andrew Knapp had a week, man. I mean, the poor yeah, guy. He hit the ball man like let's just say it. he got hit in the nuts twice on back-to-back nights the first one was like a bad one like uh yeah i hope he didn't have a yadier molino or jose alvarez situation yeah. here bad yeah. it felt like and he was fine stayed in but what a warrior dude what a warrior yeah another another winning ball player um but it's funny because like i love both marshawn and nap like i think i think i think they're both good players and i think Obviously, Marshawn needs a little bit of work at AAA to to become a major league caliber hitter, but no you, doubt, you know, uh, like, like they should flip Marshawn at the deadline. I mean, realistically, they have. I mean, JT's here for four more years. Uh, Nappy's fine, and Marshawn. I'm so with you, man. Like they have, they have, they have plenty of catching depth. Like I just don't this see. Guy... Go ahead. Yeah, I just don't, I just don't see the like. What what is his path here? Is it like there's no path for at least four years, hopefully? And Nappy, if Nappy is fine as a backup catcher, so um, you know I think you could use. Like I think he, I think Marshawn is a very good defensive player that helps you win ball games. Obviously, helped them today. Offensively, I don't know if he's ever going to get there, but they already have that in Andrew Nap. Like, and, and I don't think Marshawn's ever going to be better than 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 JT Realmuto. I mean, obviously with the with with the DH coming, JT could play first base and and all that stuff. But even if so. Like you have catching depth behind him. You have Logan Ohapi. You have Randolfo Duran. Like there's there's catching depth behind Marshan. So I think he's actually his biggest value to the Phillies might be in a trade because everyone else needs catchers and the Phillies are a catching factory. Yeah, I I don't think there's any question about it. Especially because like yeah, he might not really ever get there as a, a hitter, but that doesn't matter at his position. That's what makes JT so valuable. Like he's such a good defensive player, and obviously we've talked about all that other stuff. You know the issues, but like catchers don't hit. Like, that is not a prerequisite for being a catcher anymore in Major League Baseball. It's just flat out not. I mean, you look at the numbers, like, other than Buster Posey, who's, like, having a unbelievable, like, out-of-nowhere resurgence season. But, like, like guys don't hit. I mean, like, Mike Zanino's got 11 homers. He's bat, like, 199. Like, and that's – he's super valuable. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Yasmani Grandal is making, like, $16 million a year to bat 200, but get a high on base percentage and be a great defensive catcher. Like – it is the single position in the sport where the defense just way overrides the offense. Like, it's not even a question. And Raphael Marshawn is a, a, a high-level major league defensive catcher. We don't know about calling games. We don't know all that stuff. But he has the skills 
to be, you know, among the better, maybe not the best, whatever, but among the the very good defensive catchers in the game. And that enough is a, is a valuable asset in today's game. Yeah, and I actually thought he did a good job. Uh, he did a really good job framing today. It was weird because Nap, Nap's usually pretty good at it, but I, I genuinely felt like he was bad the last three games uh, from a catching perspective. Obviously, he had the pass ball uh, last night, which was first pass ball of the year. Just like it was one of the... You know, I, he's usually a good framer, and I was surprised at the uh, at the framing the last couple of nights. So I think he definitely did an off night. I mean, he did get two <laughs> two two baseballs off off the uh, the private parts. So like, I get it. Um, and also got slammed in the knee. Like Naps Naps banged up a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, well, Mark- he had to catch like every game yeah. for like a week practically, like day after night after whatever. I mean, he's really Iron Man it out for this team when they needed it. Um, all right, I'm gonna skip something because I think you're gonna have it in the take bag. Okay. Because it's a it's one of our things, so I'm gonna guess you do. So so two more things, and then we'll get to the take bag. And it's the two things I mentioned before. I'll give you the choice. Do we start with Archie Bradley or with Joe Girardi? I honestly I don't know what the Archie Bradley one is. So Ar- so so this is a quick one. This is not a big it's big deal. It's just funny. So Archie Bradley goes on a, another show podcast. With oh him, come like, on, Archie. I mean, whatever we knew now, you know, you're not even that good anyway. So, um, but, uh, comes out and just slams the shift, like slams it says, uh, throwing expletives around. Like they should get rid of this shift. We wouldn't have these no hitters if there were, if there were no shift. Um, interesting also with the JT thing, which I think is a much bigger thing, obviously a catcher calling it substance, but like all of a sudden the Phillies are like this huh. vocal team about the rules of major league baseball and how we need to make the game a better sport, whatever, all of a sudden, like, I don't know what discussions they're having in this uh, clubhouse, but, um, what do you think about Archie Bradley coming out and just saying like, he literally said like in all, you know, for lack of it, bleep the shift is basically what he said. Like, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, it's so, it's so funny because I could, I can just tell that a pitcher, like every single time a ball gets through a shift, they're like, "Well, you know, if this was normal defense, that we would have got that." But like they, you they, mean, you mean the Jake Arrieta special, Jack? Is right. that what you're talking about? Right. But what's so funny is that they never, they never say, "Oh, thank God for the shift." When it like, totally. Which it definitely is way more that than the other way around. As we know, they wouldn't want to get rid of the shift if it wasn't freaking out in pitchers so much, right? Right. Right. So it is, it is hilarious. But um. Yeah, you know, it's funny because everyone talks about the shift, right? And I just, and maybe I'm just <laughs> blind or naive. I just, I never notice it. Like, I just, I don't think, I never notice it helping. I never notice it hurting. I'm just like, oh, that ball gets through, like, whatever. But also I, I can separate that and say, uh, you know, it obviously helped them in that scenario. So I guess I just never really know. Like, and I don't think that... Like, I don't think getting rid of the shift is all of a sudden going to lead to, like, this offensive explosion or whatever that these people think. Um, but, I like, honestly, I would get rid of the shift. Like, I would just say two guys on the left of, of, of shortstop and or two guys left second base, two guys on the right, uh, just and just play baseball. Like, I, like my whole thing with, with baseball is just go back to playing baseball. Um, and, like, I, like, what bothers me is I'll see a hit up the middle that I've seen for for. My whole yeah, entire whole life. life it's a hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. and yeah. and that's just like, you know, listen, I I personally I would I would ban it just because I I just want people to play baseball again. Um, and I I don't like get excited when the the shift works. You know, I'm like, oh great, it worked, cool. Like I'm not like, oh there goes mm, another good win for the analytics department. Um, you know, and it drives me crazy. It, it, it drives me crazy when like guys like nap. 
Um, and I'm not picking on that, but because I see it all the time. But like, he'll have the whole left side of the the infield open. Yeah, and just he, lay a bunt down. Like you can't yeah. hit. Like you can't hit anyway. Just at least yeah. like it's funny because a double is actually the best one at just doing that. Um, yeah. just hitting the ball the opposite way where there's like no one over there. And I, this is not like a boomer baseball ran. It's just like, hey, you know, base guys get on base is good. How about you just take all that and yeah. no, 98 on the inside? It's hard to do that. Not everyone throws 98 on the inside, okay? Like, there are opportunities to go the other way and get th- get a hit through the hole. So, personally, I would ban the shift. I also don't care. Like, like it, I think it helps more than it hurts. A, a pitching mindset I totally could see being like, ah, oh, it screwed me. But when it works, it's like, ah, oh, that's just, you know, good baseball. So, um, I have no real opinion on, on, on Archie's quotes. I would just ban it just because I want people to play baseball again. Yeah, I, I, I don't care. I, I think the shift isn't the biggest problem. No, it's that, definitely not. You know, they're, they're much better. And I think what JD's talking about is a bigger problem. I think the whether we want it, whether it's the mound stuff, whatever solutions there are to the pitcher dominance, like that is the biggest issue in the sport right now. But I'm with you. Like, I don't care if they do. I actually think the other interesting, like they, we only always talk about the sides of the field, but the other thing they've been experimenting with in the minor leagues or are going to experiment with in the minor leagues is, is on the dirt, off the dirt. Like the idea that the infielders can only be on the dirt. Um, I think it's another interesting, like you could go wherever the hell you want, but you got to stay on the dirt. It's another interesting angle to the shift as opposed to sides of the field. Like, so anyway, I, I do think doing so I'm fine with stuff like that. There, I, I, as many people have talked about, like it's there is a better version of baseball, and the better version of baseball is when there are balls in play, and there's doubles and triples and great defensive plays, and just action and fun. Like that's the sport we love, and it's it's okay to be a baseball purist, to love the game as it is, but to say, hey, you know what? There's a lot of strikeouts these days. There's a lot less triples. There's a lot less super awesome defensive plays. Like, give me more of that stuff. And it's okay to try and tweak the game to get it to that level. All right. You know what's funny uh, though? Dr- you know what's funny though off of that is like yeah. and I agree, but I still I still love watching it. Like I still Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the thing, is like it's still great. It's still great. We love baseball. It's gonna be good no matter what, but there is a better version of it. There you know is. what I mean? And and I, I you know, I just I, I do hope that I hope that they like I I like Mike Shield the other day going on that ten minute rant about like about the the pine tar and stuff like he's right I mean if you want to like just call it you know if 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 this is widespread just throughout this world make it like actually enforce the rule and and you know you're not gonna hear me give Joe West credit for anything ever but good for him for going out and and calling it out like someone has to do something like. The ump, this is on you, umps. Now, like Major League Baseball, enforce it. Just enforce it. Well, and then it'll stop. Well, that's that's Joe West, who's now the uh, all-time games games god uh, umped, I guess, uh, leader. I know, I know. Joe West is the worst. It it pains well, me to say something positive. He's not the worst. He's not the worst. No, they're Angel, Angel, Angel Hernandez. Hernandez yeah, is the worst. you're right. Um, all right, the Girardi thing. Uh, <laughs> and this is, by the way, for for those wondering, this is where I was going to drop the uh, the the Nance thing. Um, so oh Girardi. boy, people were waiting with bated breath. Yeah, yeah. So Girardi. Uh, all right. So we all know about the Girardi Bryce thing, the lying. Yeah. About Harper's injury and getting called out and being like, "Well, competitive advantage," which fine. I you know I don't think it's as big or as real a competitive advantage as Girardi made it out to be. I don't think there's really much of any competitive advantage, but whatever. Like I'm, I'm fine with teams keeping things close to the vest and competitive advantage. But now it's, it's, it's gone to another level, Jack. So here's a quote from Joe Dredium. And, uh, after the game today, 
And I believe he was asked a question about um, Segura and Maton and why Maton or why Segura came in, something along those lines. And uh, and this is what he answers. He says, just so you guys know, we're going to approach this different. I've talked to people in our organization, just a manager's decision. Uh, and I'm not going to share anything who's available, who's not available, because I think it's somewhat unfair to us. Just like if you were to do something, you're not going to necessarily share it with another rival reporter. So that's the way we're going to handle it, just a manager's decision. Mm -hmm. So Joe Girardi is saying, screw you guys. I'm not telling you anything anymore. Yeah. After lying, and then I'm guessing got in trouble for it in some form or another with all the outside aspects to this, whether it's gambling, whether it's the league, whatever, but lied about Bryce Harper's injury, said it was not injury-related. Two days later, he was on the aisle. It clearly was. It was a lie, flat-out lie. Um, and now he's like, I'm taking my ball and going home. Jack, what do you think about this? And by the way, real quick, I was going to say a true media professional like Jim Nance would never stand for something like this, but go ahead. Um, yeah, good one. Um, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> So that was that was the response that deserved. Go ahead. So um yeah, I mean it's like uh, I've asked this before and I'll ask it again. How did this guy manage for a decade in <laughs> in, in New York? I mean seriously, uh, you know, you know, it's it's just just answer the questions. I don't know. Like really It's your job. It's your job. Like literally it's a big part of your job we ran a guy out of town for this thing jack like the reason everyone hated game Kapler when it really came down to it yeah there was the analytics stuff yeah there were a couple moves at the beginning that people never forgave him for for some reason but like on a basic level it was that he shined us on and he didn't always kind of tell us what was really happening all that and people hated it like and now Gabe Kapler, by the way is 30 and 19 with a way less talented roster but farhan farhan Farhan. For another day, Farhan. Farhan. Anyway, what do you think? I mean, like, I, I, I just this comes off as so soft to me, and so just weak, weak-willed, weak-minded. Like, uh, uh, Mike Sielski put out a quote from the Joe Girardi press conference that I forgot about, but Joe Girardi during his introductory press conference with the Phillies said, "Quote unquote, I don't do as much storytelling as other managers, but I'm going to tell you the truth all the time." Like. I sh like for a guy who is collecting quite a large paycheck and came in with all this cachet of a culture changer and a baseball guy and all that, he has sucked at his job for the most part. And look, I know we've talked about it. There are a lot of the issues are on the players and in the clubhouse and on the, the team that they built in the front office. But it's not like Joe Girardi has made things better. And he's certainly made some dumb, questionable, flat out wrong moves and decisions in games and now this, like, I'm starting to lose my patience with Joe Girardi, Jack. That's where I'm at. Like, this is a joke. Like, this is a joke. I don't even care. Like, I, teams should hold things close to the best. Like, this is the way baseball works. Every other manager in the league does this stuff. Like, like you're, you get caught in a lie once, and you have to whine about it and be like, oh, well, they have competitive advantage. And now, like, screw you guys. I'm not telling you anything. Like, I just, it feels weak. I, I, I'm massively disappointed with Joe Girardi. Again, yeah, you know, I guess I just don't care. I, and I know that, it. 
I get it. Like I know it I sounds I'm bad. Sure a lot of people don't. I'm sure a lot of people don't. Though. Yeah, like, I'm not trying to. Yeah, like I'm not trying to pull the big journal guy. Um, you know, saying like, oh, you know, I got to stick up for the writers in this town. Um, and listen, they do a great job, and I think it's wrong. Um, that he's doing this. It's just like. I care more about you know pitching to Corey Dickerson uh, with a three in a three one count yeah, uh, with, yeah. A, well, with a freaking base like, open. Some, what was he doing there? Yeah. What was that? Yeah, what, what was that? But uh, what was that? But it definitely does seem like he does. It does seem like he's being a baby about this, and it's like, it's like Joe. It, if uh, here's what I can't tell. I can't tell if he's cracking, or if he's or if he's stepping up. Because I do think there is a chance, and I it, I do think there's a a possibility that he is is turning into like the real like the real Joe Girardi like the and like the like the the tough you know we're gonna start really turning it turning up the heat in here kind of Joe Girardi or if he's cracking you know what I mean like is this is this him losing composure or is this him actually like gaining composure and like not letting people control Putting the... his foot down kind of thing? Yeah. So like, honestly, I can't tell. Cause that's what I care about more. Like, is this, is this him losing it or is this him stepping up? So, um, it's interesting. It's interesting. And I wonder how long, like, it's weird because he also has a manager show that he does with Fransky. <laughs> like, is he just going to sit there for five minutes and say, manager's decision, not going to answer the question. Like, Hey Joe, uh, where'd you go to dinner this weekend? You get anything good? Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like, he's acting, he's acting like he, he's acting like he's, you know, being scapegoated or people are making up lies about him. It's like, no dude, that's not what happened here. What happened here? You lied. You right. lied. It's right. okay. But you lied. Like you got caught in a lie. It happens. I know. I know. So, yeah, yeah I, I hope that this is, again, I'm hoping this is a, uh, this is a uh, motivational tactic or a, you know, him kind of putting his foot down. But uh, the part of me wonders if he's, if he's kind of losing his composure. Yeah. I think the one true takeaway from this and uh, I like, it's clear as day to me. And it's really my main takeaway from this is that we are way tougher, way harder nosed way everything way more intense in philadelphia than they are in new york new york's soft that's got to yeah, be the yeah. only explanation it was a decade this stuff in new york you kidding me like it, it flies i guess so we're just tougher we, cool. we are tougher yeah. and our teams are less talented yeah always all right what do you got in the take bag mm. what do i have in the take bag for you um oh well speaking of the uh the girardi thing so like i'm just i'm wondering like i'm wondering if Segura is it, what happened? Is Segura hurt? Like, let me ask you this: Do you think Segura's hurt, or do you think he benched him? Like, I think it might have just even been a day off. I don't. Yeah, but, know. He, but, I don't, but he, like he pinch hit him, and then he didn't put him at second base. You know, I don't know. That was really weird. It was really weird. I mean, it could just be a sign that he doesn't think Gene is playing good defense. They, honestly, it could be. I don't. I trust you to go up and get us a hit in a spot when we need you to. I don't trust you to make a play in the field. Like I trust Maytom more. I would, I would trust Maytom more in the field. I mean, Gene has been a good second baseman at times as we've talked about, but like, like he's not focused. He's not whatever. So I think it could be like that type of thing. I think if he was benching him, he would have done it after the other game where the guy, uh, by my, see, I almost heard there. Wow. The guy, because I, that was, I mean, dude, like when Gene's a girl laid on the yeah. ground and got jumped, like that was like, the worst play of the season, potentially, legitimately. Yeah, that one. Like embarrassment, like and it, and Alec Boehm obviously just horrible, but like this Segura thing's so much worse. And we talked about it last time, but like if you're gonna bench him, you bench him after that, right? Yeah. So I have a theory. I have a theory, and my Ooh, theory. I love a good theory. And and, and 
I don't know if you picked up on this or if you agree with me or not, but in Miami, I felt like they were playing a lot more small ball. They were stealing more bases. They were doing more hit and runs. They actually did execute a hit and run. Uh, get them over, get them sack in. Sack flies, multiple sack flies for runs out there, which is like, whoa. Right, and there, and I, I genuinely felt like they were starting to kind of, and I, I, and their strikeouts were way down this week. Like, way down, Jack. Like, right. like shockingly, single digits all games, which is like, uh, when did they do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Really, against good pitchers like Pablo Lopez, Sandy Al- Alcantara, like, those guys can strike guys out. Like, it's not, you know, right. Trevor so, Rogers. Yeah. So I, I, it feels like they're making this concerted effort to uh, manufacture runs and, and figure out different ways to score because the offense has been so bad. So in that scenario, so and obviously he worked in eight pitch at bat, all that, and it was good. But either he had a runner on second base, no outs, and he didn't get him over to the third base, which if you get two strikes, like, you know, that's part of your job. And then he kind of didn't get down to first base very fast. So uh, I like this. So I so he benched him. I, that, that's actually really interesting, Jack. I do wonder if if it was like, hey, we're gonna, we're going to start enforcing that this is the way we play, and if you don't if you don't play the way that we're changing how we're playing, then you're out. So I don't know. It's something to monitor. Like my main t- one of my main takeaways um, outside at least uh, outside of uh, Reese's leadership was. It felt like they're making a concerted effort to strike out less, put more balls in play, uh, move guys over, manufacture runs, hit and run, and all that stuff. Um, and I just, it, it's an interesting way to go about it. Maybe they're finally seeing what the Marlins have been doing to them for, you know, two years now. Um, and I wonder if Segura didn't, you know, do the game plan. So uh, just wanted to monitor, wanted to monitor, I would say. Um, I think it's fascinating. Real quick, Jack, I think that's a really interesting take, especially with the lineup they have without Harper, without Didi, without JT. Like, it would be smart tactically, right, to to play a different brand of baseball. Well, to, you to don't. Try wanna, and, you're saying you shouldn't play for the big inning with uh, O'Double <laughs> batting four and without guys that can hit home runs. Yeah, maybe not. But but also, I do think like I think you sold me on this, like because it is weird. No matter what the situation, even Maton being a better defender, clearly, like, it is weird that he just took Segura out after that. It is weird, you yeah. know, because that game could have gone extras. Well, like, that's whole- a weird, you're wasting a, a roster spot on a, on a one-run game like that. Like, that's weird. Or at the time, a, a tie game, right? Like, that's a, that's a weird one. Yeah. You're right. Uh, Sam Coonrod has been brutal recently. And yeah. uh, and look, to be fair, the other night the defense didn't have his back. Like, he should have been out of that inning. Right. But he's yeah. not been good, Jack. Yeah, and guys are, are for the first time all year, they're really starting to square up his fastball. So I wonder, uh, that seems like a mechanic. Is it like a dead arm thing? Like, these relievers always go through these things. We saw Brogdon go through a stretch, and it feels like he's starting it back. Like, could it just be one of those stretches? I feel like relievers always have these stretches. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's hard because we base everything off of Lidge's 48 for 48 <laughs> um, in this town. So, uh, it, well, it's definitely not a dead arm. He's still hitting 100. But I do think there's something mechanical. No, no, no. A dead arm was the wrong term. That's usually for a star. I meant like a... Um, just like it feels like there, there are these periods where relievers will go through a couple spots in a row and they're struggling and they figure it back out. Yeah, no, I th- listen, Coonrod's stuff is still stupid, so um, he'll he'll figure it out most nights, especially when you have a hundred in your back pocket. Like it's easy to you know make mistakes. Um, seven straight scoreless for uh, for Hector the Protector. So that was the that was the thing that I didn't bring up because I knew would be in the take back. It's so funny because we do our whole Hector's Protectors things and then he has that bad outing and then he's been great since. Like, he's just, Hector's good, man. He's 199 ERA, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Well, can't close. Everyone knows that. Um, But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, listen, 
I just I'm rooting for him. I am just all I'm saying. I'm not, guy. I mean, I can't. We're we're in for a penny, in for a pound, Jack. Like Hector Neris is our guy, yeah. for better or worse, man. We are Hector's protectors. Uh, Brandon yeah. Kinsler is freaking terrible. I like not worth like it, well, how many guys do we keep going through and being like not a major league pitcher like David Ale, Matt Moore. This is not like it feels like Brandon Kinsler is not a major league pitcher. Dude, and it's like this guy was the best reliever in the 2019 Cubs, best reliever in the 2020 Marlins, gets here terrible. Like <laughs> my my new uh my new big philosophy that I am uh abiding by is no more signing free agent relievers, only trade for relievers. Or you I know, like that. Or develop. Yeah, maybe, crazy Jack, concept. What a, what a wild thought that would be. Develop relievers. Yeah, I mean Jose Alvarado and Sam Coon Robert both trades, and and yeah. they like Alvarado is a <laughs> Archie Bradley and Brandon Kinsler. Yeah. Huh? And and uh, like, have you seen what Tony Watson's done this year? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah. Should have kept. Yeah. Well, who could have who could have saw that the guy who's at like a one six ERA for the last decade was going to yeah, be? We just got to sign Bryce's friend though, man. Uh, All right? Bryce wants us to sign him. Yeah, yeah, and he's gonna, you know, <laughs> whatever. He's whatever. he is the worst. Anyway, well said, um, dude. I know he's not the best player in baseball, but Corey Dickerson is the scariest player I've ever faced in my life. Like that guy. I love him. I wish you were a Philly so bad. Well, like, he was. I, 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 my point being, I wish you were still a Philly. I should have said, I have a, I still have a fantasy baseball team that will forever be named Dickerson in a box because I've won so many freaking titles with it. Wow. I love Corey Dickerson. Yeah. It's a great name, right? Yeah. He is, he, I just feel like every single time is going to hit a ball a minimum 110 miles an hour off the bat. Like he always squares it up. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because if they didn't sign McCutcheon, he probably would have been the left fielder because they could have traded. Oh, buddy. Uh-oh. And, boy, yeah, McCutcheon. and look, a shame. Like, that, obviously, I mean, man. And he's been better offensively, but struggling well, a bit again recently. Like, not much better. And just defensively, I mean, like, an absolute disaster. And it's a shame because, like, the McCutcheon, I love Andrew McCutcheon. I have it multiple times during this contract that he's my favorite player, like, guy on the Phillies and stuff. But, like, empirically – numbers versus production, it was an absolutely bad signing. Like, there's no way around it. Yeah, and you never and know. And obviously, the injury's a big yeah, part of that. But right. still, it, it is what it is. Yes. Um, And then two more things here. Uh, Benny Montgomery has been linked to the Phillies in two straight uh, mock drafts, one put out by Keith Law and one put out by MLB.com. Obviously, it's early. I mean, but we are getting close to draft time, James. I know you're getting excited because I'm getting excited oh, about it. Oh, you know I'm excited. Honestly, it's all I've been thinking about. I know. I know. I know you can barely yeah. contain yourself. But yeah. Benny Montgomery is so interesting. My comp for him is Hunter Pence. Um, he can play center field from from day one. He's a, he's a high school kid. He's from around here. Um, but he's interesting because he has this weird hitch that he's worked to get out of a swing. But, like, the pop is is legitimate, legitimate pop. They're worried about, you know, bat-to-ball contact stuff. Um, but he seems like a, a really high upside guy. Um, wouldn't be my first choice, to be honest with you, um, but but is interesting. An interesting choice, and at least it's a guy with legitimate upside. But obviously it's early and things can change. Uh, I just wanted to point that out as we're getting closer to draft season. It's in July. It used to be in June. Um, but, yeah, speaking of June, James, June 1st, you and I are doing a Facebook Live. Well, technically June 2nd, but it's for June 1st. Okay. It's Tuesday. Oh, right? it is Tuesday. Okay. Because June 1st is Memorial Day. Right. 
But June 2nd, the idea was based on June 1st. Right. We're doing a Facebook Live, a high hopes Facebook Live. We're going to talk uh, basically like the th- worth. Jack, did you realize this is, you know, works out pretty well that Monday, after Monday's game, so leading into our thing on Tuesday, it will be exactly a third of the season completed, 54 games after Monday. So we'll be one third of the way through the Major League Baseball season on third, uh, on Tuesday, like heading into that. Yeah. So that should be fun. Like, and, we'll do like uh, a third of the way check-in. If, if this was last year, there would only be 10 games left in the season and the Phillies would be ready to blow it. <laughs> but That is a while. Jack, I'm really happy you said that because I had not done that yet. I had not put that into the context of my mind of the 60 games last year. And because it was the end of the season and you think about it later and the time it was like, wow, I what a what a ridiculous thing yes. that season was. Go ahead. Yes. Um, but yeah, so it's a Facebook Live. Uh, brought to you by Goldenberg's Peanut Juice. You're damn right. We're gonna. Love peanut juice. So I don't know if I, I don't know if I told you this, but I want to uh, see how many I can eat in a in the Facebook Live hour. Okay, so good. I'm happy that this is happening because because you didn't tell about it me about it. The other Jack, other yeah. we'll call him other Jack on this pod. We love him, great guy, uh, Jack Kaffer. Yeah. Uh, other Jack said to me that that was a potential thing that was gonna happen, and I was like, this is. An all-time idea, so I'm very in on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, just tune in to see how many peanut juice. <laughs> if, if you don't tune in for anything else, just see how many I can get to in the hour. Um, but, yeah, I think we'll be taking your your Facebook Live questions. It'll be on the WIP, face, uh, WIP Facebook page. So, yeah, come out, hang out, and uh, we'll have a fun little time talking about this <laughs> electric Phil's baseball team. It's going to be awesome because they're going to take two from the Rays and then win against the Reds on Monday. And we're going to be talking about a team that's won four straight, five out of six. We're going to be Jack Jack. Yeah. Jack Jack. uh I don't know if I've ever done that. That was pretty good. Uh It was was not even on purpose. Um, Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a good time. I'll be fresh off a weekend of playing. uh, uh, What's 36 plus 18, James? 36 plus 18 is 54. Yeah, I'll be fl- fresh out of a weekend playing 54 holes of golf on the Whoa! Poconos. So, I mean, I'm going to, mm, yeah, I, like, I don't know. I am, at, that's that's a lot, Jack. That's a lot of golf. Yeah, it is a lot of golf for someone who hasn't played uh, in a while. Yeah, for someone who hasn't played, but you're a good golfer. Yes. Like, those people, those dude don't know out there, like, Jack's like a legit golfer. Well. Um, I, Jack, as soon as we stop recording, now technically I have to post it. And yes, you stuff, do. But we like, have a job to do. Please. Um, I took Tim Moore off, so I'm off for the next four days. I'm like super excited. So you're gonna be well fun. rested for this Facebook Live. On, yeah, I'm on gonna Tuesday. be. I'm gonna be bringing it. If you're not here for this Facebook Live, you're gonna miss my frenetic energy, which is a loss for everybody. So check it out. I think. All right, if you had to set the over under on amount of peanut chews in an hour, what's your over under? So quick question: Are we doing the tiny size peanut chews? Um. I would hope so, personally. Yeah, I think it has to be those. So let's say in an hour, are you going for it? I have, come on, I always go for it. Okay, I just want to make sure. I want to make sure. Yeah. I'll set the over under it at 18 peanut juice. All right. Like essentially one every couple minutes. Yeah. Yeah, because you you left some peanut juice in the studio. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, like last or two weeks ago. And uh, I did not remember this. Yeah, I, I left peanut juice. I didn't eat them. Yeah, I pounded like I pounded like four into in, in an you're, hour. You've been prepping for this. Yeah, some would say that. Yeah, I believe it. Yep. All right. Uh, is that the end of the, the take bag, my friend? That is the end of the take bag. Also, uh, you know, of course, there's some some fresh high hops for you. I had that Four Fingers right. Brewing Company. I, I see a lot of uh, and I would like to thank high hops listeners because I know it's you. You all 
We don't curse on this pod. Bleeping rock. I wanted to say another word there, but you rock. Um, I see so many pictures on Twitter of people, people tweeting out the high ops cans, and it just it warms my heart and soul every time. Ah, oh, nice. So do it for James. Yeah, and for Jack. Yes. Yeah. I mean, even more for Jack right. than for me, but do it for me, too. Trying to, trying to make a living back here. <laughs> exactly. We're trying to survive, you know? Uh, what else you got? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Enjoy enjoy okay. Memorial Day, uh, your weekend. <laughs> we'll see if we do a podcast. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe you can call me in my two-and-a-half-hour drive home. Yeah. My guess is we will take the weekend off, but we'll be there Tuesday. Maybe we can even post the Tuesday thing, potentially. I don't know. I'm not great with that stuff, but we'll figure it out. Either way, check us out Tuesday. We might be there Monday. Look, if they take two from the Rays and beat the Reds on Monday— We'll probably be talking to you Monday night. We'll see what happens. We'll see uh, what happens. Yeah, but either way, uh, to what Jack said, have a, a wonderful Memorial Day. It's been a it's been a long last year, and it's nice for everyone to get a day, head into the summer, feel some good vibes. Baseball is going to start getting real, and uh, it's going to be fun. The Phillies, shockingly, with the worst defense we've ever seen, are are somehow still in this thing. So I just didn't, that, I just didn't like that you just said baseball is going to start getting real because this season has already been <laughs> brutal. Real. Yeah, way too real. It's real to me, <laughs> damn it. Uh, well, maybe it'll get less real, but better. <laughs> Whatever. We'll talk to you guys soon. He's put some salt in. See you later.